The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us as always if you would like to be part of the program you have a question or a comment for us you can call us 877-670-7117 or you can always email us also uh, go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com good morning mr finelli how goes the battle in the finelli household going well no Are, football game preemption today either for every, the show. everybody's still happy and healthy i guess uh, young grayson had a a tough week last week, first week of school, he couldn't go to school. Uh, he made it, but it's... Uh, he gave the disease to all the other kids sick. that time of year. <laughs> Sickness season is coming. Yeah, well, so Josh, you know, my kid, I have a junior in uh, high school and then a freshman in college. And so for years, when my kids were in elementary school, especially September, I was always sick because they'd go to school and... The kids pass all the diseases around and then, but it made my immune system stronger. And, uh, and so Josh is just in the beginning of that with a kid in preschool. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to make your immune system stronger. <laughs> That's the only silver lining. Just don't call for the month of September. We, we maybe should not interact face yeah. to face. We should just call each other well, because I don't like, want to get sick either. As long as it's this, as long as it's warm, we're good, but two more weeks and it's all over. No way, man. It's going to be warm till November. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, uh, were down 1.2%, so we're sort of drifting lower. We had, obviously, uh, the month of July was blockbuster, and, and then August was uh, sort of mediocre, and so far, months of September, we've been sort of drifting lower. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks, as measured by the Russell 2000, were down about 2.5%. Uh, in international markets, the international developed markets, so think of the European countries and uh, Japan, uh, South Korea, those kind of countries, they were traded down 1.5%. Uh, the emerging markets were down about 1%. So risk off trade certainly was was happening last week, um, and I'll talk about why that was probably here in a second. Um, in the bond market, uh, the yield on a six-month treasury, 5.58%. Yield on a one-year treasury bill is 5.4%. A 10-year is 4 and a quarter, and a 30-year is 4.33. So we saw, obviously, a big move in rates earlier in the year, but the rate, rate complex hasn't really gone anywhere in, in a little while. Um, I think the bond market is probably waiting for uh, what the Fed does next or the next the, the next inflation print data we get to see where what happens with rates. One more week. Uh, gold traded down 1.5%, 1943 an ounce, and oil traded up 2% at $87.50 a barrel, um, which obviously isn't good for the inflation data, but there's some other it, things that we got last week that was going to be good for inflation data. The other interesting thing is the dollar index is on an absolute tear and that energy price is going up despite of that. You know, if the dollar wasn't doing what it's doing, dollar index is up something like 5% in the last uh, month and five weeks. Oil would be maybe close to a hundred dollars. It's uh, seeing both of those things rally in tandem is quite unusual, actually. Yeah, it is. You know, the other thing I've been I've seen as of late is um, the Mexican peso has been really strong against the U.S. dollar uh, in 2023, which is sort of this weird anomaly. 
because uh, it's not as obviously cheap to go. I was looking at trips to Mexico and I was like, why? Are, what's the what's the deal here? Why is the cost not usually as low as it is? And and then I looked at the peso against the dollar, and and then, and then I looked at some stories that you know people coming. Uh, to the U.S., you know, in sending money back to Mexico, it's not as lucrative as it used to be because well, the current, are so strong. Their current account probably doing quite well when you think about the reshoring and so much of the Asian-centric manufacturing that's, in fact, not being brought back to the United States so much as it is being brought back to Mexico and part of NAFTA. So that's maybe part of the explanation, I'd guess. So markets are in this sort of really tough place between the next Fed meeting and uh, and the next earnings season starting. Um, and so they're really markets participants are really looking for some information, I guess, to hang their hat on as to what direction markets should go. And so because of that, the the general direction of markets has been to to drift lower, you know, because markets sort of when they don't have an idea about the certainty of where the interest rate complex is going to go uh, or where earnings are going to go, um, they just people sort of sell and, and then, you know, deal with it later. And so that's what we've seen. I think markets drifting lower because we're in this sort of dead period um, when we get it, when we're getting lots of data one way or another, uh, markets can then interpret that and then usually trade confidently on that data. But right now we're in this dead period where, you know, like Josh said, we're not far away from the next Fed rate decision. Uh, um, but, you know, also the, the other thing is the market's looking to what's going to happen with earnings to decide, um, you know, which direction it's going to pick. Because if you look at the market today with interest rates materially higher and two consecutive quarters of declining earnings, the market is expensive. Uh, and so when the market's expensive and we don't have a lot of data to drive it in one direction or another, it generally drifts lower. You know, all that anybody wanted to talk about was the biggest company in the world last week, and that was Apple. You know, the Chinese government said that none of the workers that work for the Chinese government can own an Apple iPhone, and you would have thought the world ended in Cupertino. Um, it, it, it's just it's crazy to me how much emphasis is paid to this one company. And guess what, everybody? <laughs> Apple's at some point in the not-so-distant future, not going to be the biggest company in the world. Because you go back throughout history and think about General Electric, think about ExxonMobil, think about all the big behemoth companies that you thought were going to be the biggest companies forever, and they're non-consequential now. And that is, I'm, I, I believe wholeheartedly that that is some fate that is going to happen to Apple. It's uh, 7% of the index getting, getting absolutely whacked in a week, though. Uh, tough to fight that one for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it, I don't know that it deserved to be so much of the commentary uh, for four straight days because obviously we had a shortened uh, week last week. Um, so uh, I, I think that investors are starting to realize. I think when I, when you look at the market behavior and when you look at people are sort of sort of surrendering to the idea and coming to the realization that rates are going to be higher for longer. Josh and I have been in that camp. We we were in the camp that when rates started to move higher, that it was going to be higher for longer, like a generation of investors. And I think that there's a lot of investors out there that are like, wait a minute, we, we might not be going back to the last, interest rates. The last month has been the like drift back to what worked relatively well in 2022, which was the value trade. And it's been every day. It's yeah. been outperforming. And that's been the case since... We had that absolute ramp of uh, big growth stocks in in July, and then since then, it's the tone and the complexion of it has complained uh, has com changed completely. Uh, so we got the Fed beige book last week, which is essentially a snapshot of the U.S. economy as as the Fed sees it, uh, and the Fed thinks the U.S. consumers are done splurging. That was their language, not mine. Um, including, you know, this idea of revenge travel after COVID. There was a lot of revenge travel, people traveling like crazy and going out to dinner more than they normally would pre-COVID. And so the Fed uh, really looks at the different uh, districts around the country, and they, they think a lot of that is over. And so that's important because the U.S. consumer is 70 percent of GDP in the United States. And so if consumer st spending starts to slow, then, um, you know, that, that that's good news for the Fed in their fight against inflation. Uh, but it's this sort of like we've been saying all along, this slow motion car wreck that we're seeing that is the U.S. economy and that we, we are headed very slowly to a recession. It's not going to be this like rip the Band-Aid off recession like we saw the last two times. This one's sort of the most uh, easily spottable recession. And I'm not saying we absolutely are going into one, but that's when you look at the economic data all going, because we're also starting to see some small cracks in the labor market. Um, and it was really hard to imagine a recession with 3.5% unemployment. But when you look at the labor data, it's starting uh, to, to move in the direction where the labor market is starting to soften. So 
All right. If you would like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your financial plan, your asset allocation, your estate plan. Whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have, you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the idea that bond investors right now are going long in, in the duration in, in the bond market. And we think that's crazy. And we'll talk about why that is. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. it here and we think you will too welcome to alpine meadows beautifully kept landscaping alpine meadows has one bedroom apartments and two and three bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer beautiful decks patios and designer kitchens alpine meadows is conveniently located next to the dallas california highway and minutes away from orchard parks nature trails a place proud to call home google alpine meadows townhomes professionally managed by norris and stevens you enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. For most kids, summer is the best. But for others, summer is tough because they're hungry. In Deschutes County, thousands of kids qualified for the free and reduced school lunch program. For many, it's their only meal of the day. But when school's out, getting kids their lunch becomes a challenge. No child in our community should go hungry, ever. But you can help, and it's inexpensive. Join the Ben Food Project. When you go to the grocery store, place one extra non-perishable food item in your cart. Just one. Healthy, nutritious things like pasta, tuna, cereal, or peanut butter. When you put the groceries away, put that one item in the green Ben Food Project bag we'll provide you. Every two months, we'll come pick it up. The process is easy, painless, and inexpensive, yet enormously rewarding. Can you help with the can a week? Get your green bag at benfoodproject.com. benfoodproject.com. Hey, you're up next. Ugh, my throat hurts so bad. There's no way I can sing tonight. Here, try these. Vicks VapoCool Drops. Yeah, Vicks VapoCool Drops has maximum strength menthol with a rush of Vicks Vapors. Ooh, I can already feel it. I told you. So, you ready? I'm ready. Vaporize sore throat pain fast with Vicks VapoCool Drops. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-466-9625. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-466-9625. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do 
a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the markets and how it's affecting your money and what potentially you should be doing about it. So if you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. And when we do that, we'll send it out via email. And that is the only thing that we'll send you. Uh, so the U.S. national debt has now increased by $1.45 trillion since the debt ceiling was suspended just three short months ago and is fast approaching $33 trillion. in the past five years. The national debt has increased by 53% from $21 trillion to almost $33 trillion. So Nikki Haley was right when she was on the stage at the Republican debate uh, in, I think it was Minnesota or Milwaukee, um, when she said that uh, both parties, her party, the Republican Party included, need some fiscal responsibility. She's the only one that's bringing it up of any of the candidates on both sides of the aisle. But lest you think that it's just a Democratic spending problem, uh, the Trump administration also did their more than their fair of spending. So a uh, 53% increase in five years is an abomination. Um, and so Nikki Haley is right. And, and the only Republican that I can tell that's talking about fiscal Conservativeness, And I understand that it's very hard if you are a politician to get elected if you say you're going to take things away from people. I understand that's a, a very difficult thing. Um, but, you know, we're getting to this point here in, in the United States uh, with $33 trillion in national debt uh, and interest rates being higher because guess what? Servicing the national debt from an interest rate perspective is going to be higher than our entitlement program. So if you think about just the interest on the national debt being more then what we pay out to Social Security participants is a scary proposition. And so um, somebody needs to go to Washington, D.C. that is a fiscal conservative. And so far in my book, from what I've seen, the only one that's talking about it is Nikki Haley, Uh, not the leading Republican candidate. And in fact, he was really bad at adding to the national debt. Uh, And you know, you don't have to take my word for it. You just have to look at the data, and it's pretty compelling. So we need some fiscal conservatives somewhere in Washington, D.C., uh, because it never gets talked about. It's like it used to be talked about. It used to be talked about. And now everybody, I think, made a pack. Let's just not bring it up anymore. Maybe it'll go away. <laughs> well, there also haven't been, like, meaningful consequences that have been borne by the well, taxpayer so, yet. Yeah, but here's what happens, right, with any of these kind of things, right? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. When it's not fine, it's really bad. Like it's when it becomes not a, when it becomes a problem, it's a big problem. Well, it matters until it doesn't, and then but, one day. But it when it does, a lot. it's like it matters more than anybody out there can imagine, and that's the problem: is that these dinosaurs, uh, you know, just just are so comfortable with the spending, um, you know, and and both parties are responsible. There's no nobody out there can tell me that. Uh, that one party is worse than the other because they're both equally bad. We just keep grinding toward the inevitable conclusion of higher taxes. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, that's the only solution is, yeah. is European-type socialism if we keep on the current path. Okay. So Morningstar uh, put out this data uh looking at mutual fund flows, where the money is flowing, mutual fund and ETF flows, where the money, retail money and, and financial advisor directed money, where that money is going. Um, and it's no surprise, obviously, in, in, in 2023, that $600 billion of net new money has gone into money markets, obviously with the yields in money markets being five, five and a half percent. Obviously, that's really attractive for people and a really safe investment to pour money into that. And we know the short end of the yield curve is has really high yields, and that's what money markets buy. And so, hence, the yields are being really attractive in money markets. And so a ton of money, yeah, there's over a trillion dollars in money market funds right now. But the other thing that's happening, and it's really sort of confounding to Josh and I and confusing, uh, is that most of the money that is going into bond funds uh, is going into to intermediate term bond funds, whether it be a bond mutual fund or a bond exchange traded fund. Um, so if you look at the fund flows so far in 2023 through the end of July, $28 billion has come out of short duration bond funds uh, and 118 has gone into intermediate bonds and uh, 41 billion has gone into long bonds. And so between intermediate and long bonds, what is that? 160 something 
billion dollars in net new money going into those. And so that's not just retail investors, that's also financial advisors. And when you look what's funny is when you look at the yield on these things, the yield isn't isn't all that compelling. It's not like it's that much more compelling than the shorter than the yield curve. Yet you have all this extra interest rate risk where you're putting money in these people are putting the money in and you know getting this whatever the yield is four and a half maybe five percent but then seeing the price of these things drop as interest rates continue to go higher and so it makes no sense to us it, so here, let me differentiate too difference between buying a bond fund or ETF with no defined maturity there's no maturity of that ETF or mutual fund and buying an individual intermediate term bond so if you say to me look I'm buying a seven-year corporate bond that is double A rated and I'm getting four and a half percent, but I want to lock that in because I believe that over, over that next seven years, I don't think rates are going to stay there. I say, okay, I don't agree with you, but I'll, I, I can, I can accept your argument and it's a sound argument from an investment uh, perspective. Now, if you do you're, what these people are doing is they're buying those same duration, seven to 10 year, even out to 20 year bonds, but they're buying them in an ETF or a mutual fund. And so those bonds are being, re, are being priced every single day, all throughout the day, just like a stock is. And as interest rates creep higher, the prices of those bonds are falling and the mutual fund or the ETF has to reflect the price of those bonds falling, thereby the ETF is falling. And so you're, there's no maturity date by which you're going to get your your you know your original money back and so we can't Josh and I for the life of us cannot figure out oh, what is going on with the, these asset allocations. the explanation for me is that there is just you know despite more people saying it higher for longer there is just a general disbelief and this is probably the best evidence that I've seen about you know that rates are going to actually stay higher and it seems like <laughs> You know, I, I hear it every day on CNBC or Bloomberg, like, oh, in six months when they cut rates. And it's, <laughs> you know, that, just because and then the you Fed see, cuts rates doesn't mean the interest rate complex in the uh, bond market is going down. I, I agree. But, you know, when you look at what allocators are doing, it just seems to, you know, because, of course, our industry is pushing on our profession this idea of now is the time to take duration before the short end of the curve falls out and they start cutting and, you know, lock in the long duration now. And that's. That's what's being pushed out there, and I think it just shows me no one really believes that we can ever go back to what interest rates always were. Uh, everyone believes that we're going to revisit the last 14 years again. But even in your argument, I, I will I will concede that if somebody's buying an individual bond using your argument, that that yeah. holds some that holds some water for me because it's like okay, well, no, totally. You, but, I mean, I, we concur there. I just the way people express it doesn't make sense to me. From you know, the, you know, the, it's just not going to work out because there's this total asymmetry of risk. Well, what's and, and so what's happening for all of you out there listening that have a financial advisor or you're doing it yourself is is you have these people allocating money to those intermediate term and and longer term bonds in your portfolio using a fund or an they're ETF. just doing it the lazy way and they're I just mean, not they, it's like what are you doing this doesn't make any sense you're getting a lower yield you're not locking anything in because if rates change they're going to change there too and yet you have all of this interest rate risk if rates keep going higher so it makes absolutely no sense all, for all of these financial advisors that are putting their clients in intermediate and long-term bond funds, they're not getting more yield. They're not locking anything in. If rates change, they're going to change there too. And so the only thing they're doing is exposing them to a lot more interest rate risk, which makes absolutely no sense to us. There's a day that's going to come, and it's not. we're not even close to it, that Josh and I are going to take duration risk with our clients' money. But it's not now, and too many of your advisors out there are doing it. Just be careful. All right, if you'd like to be part of the program, you have a question or a comment for us, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your email questions, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. traffic the most weather fm 100.1 is news talk 1110 kbnd bend 
Hello, thank you for calling the front desk. Oh, yes. Hi. Could I get a few more towels for my room? To make a request, please press 1. Oh, um... No, I, I just need some towels. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. Please speak clearly next time. You cannot be serious. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. Let's try this. To request room service, press 1. To request new bedding, press 2. To request more towels, press 3. You have requested more towels. To request Egyptian cotton, press 1. To request microfiber, press 2. To request organic cotton, press 3. Ugh, how long is this going to take? Aren't automated phone systems annoying? Even more so when you're dealing with something serious like your health plan. At Pacific Source Health Plans, you'll get human service, not automated phone trees. We'll answer your call with a real person who's ready to help. Would you like to upgrade to Zebra Print for a small fee? Pacific Source Health Plans, going beyond what's required to put members first. Visit PacificSourceMembersFirst.com. At Washington Trust Bank, can't is a four-letter word. I think we should hire more people. I talk and wait for a meeting. I'm thinking of starting my own practice. Mm, can't do it. Too much capital. We need a warehouse. I can't imagine how we do that. We should knock that wall down and expand. Can't do it. There's always another wall beyond the wall. Washington Trust Bank. We believe you can do whatever you set your mind to, and we'll help you get there. Visit watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank. Member FDIC. Did you realize that each day your average customer spends 10 minutes using Google and 6 hours on the rest of the Internet? Hmm, that means the Internet beats Google 18 to 1. Wow, Combined Communications Digital Advertising gives you affordable access to every potential customer on all their devices every day. Mobile, computer, and smart TV. When you see what we can do, we believe you will be amazed. Combined Communications Digital Advertising. Say hello on our contact page at bendradio.com. That's bendradio.com. Hey, Gavin here from Webfoot Home Improvements. We're celebrating our 20-year mark, and it's all thanks to our incredible Central Oregon community. Come celebrate with us Wednesday, September 13th from 5 to 8 at Silver Moon Brewing, where we've completely renovated their green room into a brand new space to host musical acts, special events, and informal gatherings called the Webfoot Garage. Enjoy live music, great company, and 20% of all food and beverage sales goes to support the Deschutes Children's Foundation. Come out and let's thank you personally for 20 seriously great years. Reggie was a nurse for 16 years. I had become very burnt out. I wasn't making good money. Then it happened. There was an ad for My Computer Career, and it just spoke to me. My Computer Career was the best decision he ever made. I could study anywhere from my laptop, and I was working in the first couple weeks of me being in class. Reggie hit a home run. The field is teeming with jobs. Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. The school is amazing. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. This is one student's experience. Individual results vary. Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Uh, if you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled, uh, uh, 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. <laughs> 
Uh, I have a good quote here from my buddy, Mr. Warren Buffett. He says, forecasts may tell you a great deal about the forecaster, but they tell you absolutely nothing about the future. And I find that to be such a true quote, especially in the investing business. And it's funny, we are guilty of this, obviously, on this radio show. Um, I don't, we don't do it with tons of conviction because we know the future is very hard to predict. Uh, but you know, our whole industry, CNBC, everything is predicated on these people being great predictors of the future. Uh, and the future is really, really, really hard to predict. What's the, do you know the, what's the Yogi Berra quote? You should look it up while I'm saying this next one. Um, and Morningstar also did recently did a, a, a quick, they do this all the time and you can get all this data on Morningstar or Vanguard. Uh, but they looked at 10-year returns of different asset classes. Um, so the, the category, meaning like international stocks or municipal bonds, they looked at the category performance, and then they looked at the average investor's performance in those asset classes. On, on average, if you looked at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different asset classes, um, the average investor trailed the mutual fund return category by 1.7%. Um, if you look in the sector equity, so if you look at like technology or healthcare, uh, the average investor underperforms those funds by four and a half percent. So the, the underperformance is is pretty dramatic. So what is happening there when you look at um, why why would an investor in a fund underperform the fund? It's because an investor is getting in and out of the fund at the wrong time. So what happens when some really volatile funds, like when Peter Lynch ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund, um, it, you know, the, one of the most successful mutual fund investors of all time, he averaged 23% annualized over a 13-year period. So his, his performance was off the chart, but it was very volatile. He'd have an unbelievably great year followed by a bad year. And so what would happen is investors would rush in after one of those great years, and then he'd have a bad year, and then they'd leave. And so most investors in the Fidelity Magellan Fund had dramatic underperformance because the performance was so volatile. It's just like an Apple stock. If you've owned Apple since they went public, they've had uh, seven drawdowns of over 80% in the stock. It's very hard to stay in a name when it goes down 80%. Uh, obviously, everybody talks about, oh, if you've owned an Apple since it's IPL. Yeah, of course, but it was hard to stay in the name over that period. The yogiism is it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. Yeah. Or the, the other one is the future uh, ain't what it used to be. <laughs> that's a good one, too. I like that one. Better. Yogi Berra is great. I, 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 I give him a pass because even though he played for the Yankees, I, I still give him a pass because he was a catcher. All right, we got an email from Paul. Paul says, I'm very fortunate to be receiving a large lump sum pension. I'm confident in the stock market and plan to invest most of it in a variety of stock market index funds within my 401k. Uh, I read, see, and hear conflicting advice on whether to invest it all at once or dollar cost average. What's your advice? So um, I'm not sure, Paul, why you're going to put it in your 401k. I mean, I guess because it's a pension, lump sum pension, that's one of your options. Paul, I, I, you can roll that into an IRA like a Schwab or a Vanguard and have unlimited options. If you move it into your 401k, you have just the options available inside of that 401k. And, uh, you know, some 401ks have really good options, but they are generally limited. Usually there's 20 or 25 different choices um, and and they're not all ideal. And so if you roll it, say, like a Schwab or a Fidelity or, or a, a Vanguard, you have everything available to you uh, to invest in, and, and every sort of index fund that you would ima can imagine is available to you. So that seems like a, a much better option uh, for you. So the question is, since you're getting a lump sum, how do you get that money invested? Well, there's two schools of thought. I'll give you the data behind one reasoning and then probably what's better for you. So the data would tell you that you should lump sum that money. You should just put it in the in your asset. You pick your asset allocation and lump sum it into that asset allocation. Why is that? Well, assuming most of the money is going to be in stocks, 80% of years going back to 1900, uh, the stock market's up. So if 80% of the time the stock market's up, uh, that, that data tells you that statistically, your probability of having a positive year, even when you lump sum it, is really good. Now, 
that's the statistic, but this is real money. And so if it's a lot of money, you know, if, let's say it's a million bucks, a 10% down move is, is $100,000. And Paul, that can take you a while to make uh, from an earning standpoint. And so, um, you know, for most people mentally, the best thing for them to do is to dollar cost average it. So Paul, you take whatever that lump sum is and you divide it by, you know, whatever, let's say 12, let's say you're going to invest, um, some of it every single month and you just invest that money dollar cost average it into the market for your mental health that's probably the best thing and for most people that's probably the best thing um and you know who knows maybe maybe you'll get one of those years where markets are down and you end up ahead uh the the one thing paul that's very important and everybody out there listening that chooses to dollar cost average you can't chicken out when stocks go down <laughs> so you so if there's some way for you to automate it you should do that because here's what happens when a lot of people start to dollar cost average they then pull back when markets go down. We have clients that, that you know are dollar cost averaging into their taxable account or to their retirement accounts and then they'll call the office when markets go down 15%. They'll say, uh, stop, that, stop that money that's going in the market. I don't want to put any more mar- money in there. And it's like, what? Why, why not? We're going to wait a month. We're, well, let's wait till things get better. And it's like, well, then the market will have already traded up 40%. And so, but Paul, the important thing to know here is that if you dollar cost average, you cannot stop when stocks go down. Because remember, when stocks starts to go down... Everybody comes out of the woodwork and tells you why they're going to go down a lot further. That happens every single bear market. And we get all of those calls, and it's like, well, Glenn Beck told – and John Sean Hannity, and oh, yeah, this, this is why it's going to get and, – and, and, and it's like, whoa. At the end of the day, like those people have no idea what Glenn they're doing. Beck. Well, he, he's a, there's lots of doomsdayers, right? Because you know, they can't get the other party elected. Jeremy, Jeremy Grantham. Things. Jeremy Grantham. Well, Oh, he's a, he's a perpetual doomsday yeah, guy. Yeah, twenty right? last twenty years. Yeah, but anyway, so the point is, if you dollar cost average, everybody out there listening, not just Paul, if you're dollar cost averaging, you cannot stop when stocks go, stocks go down. In fact, that's when it's the most important that you keep doing it is when stocks are trading lower. Oh man, I got myself all worked up there. Um, let's see, uh, real quick. I'm Tom A. Uh, I'm 77 years old, and I requested my 401k fund advisor to prepare my RMD. I was told that I do not have to withdraw my money if I'm still employed. Please confirm this is, in fact, true in IRS rule, or is that the fund management company? So, Tom, good news. Um, because you're still employed, you do not have to take your required minimum distribution from your current 401k, regardless of how old you are. So everybody out there listening, if you have a 401k and you're still working and you're in RMD age, you do not have to take an RMD from that 401k. Now, uh, Tom, if you have IRAs or other 401ks outside of this one, you do have to take the RMD from those ones. So it doesn't preclude you from the other retirement money that you might have. You still have to take your RMD from those ones. But for everybody out there listening, uh, it's very important that if you are working, in this guy's Tom's case, he's 77, and you're participating in a 401k, you do not have to take your required minimum distribution. And so that is not a fund company rule. That is the IRS rule. Um, if you're still working, though, and you have uh, – uh, an IRA or a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, you do have to take required minimum distributions from those. So Tom, probably a good chance at 77, you have other retirement assets out there. Make sure you're taking your RMDs from those accounts. The one, the only one that's precluded is your 401k from your current employer. Any previous 401ks or IRAs, you have to take it. So hopefully, did that make sense? Did I make yeah. that clear? Uh, but yeah, that's something most people are always confused by that. It's like, oh, I'm still working and I have this 401k. I have to take the RMD uh, from that. And the answer is no, you do not. Uh, I'm not sure why the quirk in that the rule uh, excludes current 401ks, but it does. And so, Tom, you should take advantage of it. All right. If you'd like to be part of the program, you have a question for us or a comment, call us 877-670-7117. Or email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about an asset class we usually don't talk about. We're not going to be real nice about this asset class, and that is commodities. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800 743 0988. Again, 800 743 0988. 
Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. It takes vision to grow your business. Is your company a big success story? Be recognized by Cascade Business News. Nominations are now being accepted for the Fastest 20 2023. Recognizing the fastest growing, independent, privately owned, for-profit entities located and based in Central Oregon. Get all the details at CascadeBossNews.com. Application deadline is September 27th for the Fastest 20 2023. Sponsored by Columbia Bank and Capstone CPAs, LLC. You work hard driving the road, earning every dime, and you do not have time for interruptions. If you break down in the Portland area or need great service, call Ultimate Truck Service first. At Exit 9 in Ridgefield, they'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready. Air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services, they keep you rolling. Hey, you're up next. Ugh, my throat hurts so bad. There's no way I can sing tonight. Here, try these. Vicks VapoCool Drops. Yeah, Vicks VapoCool Drops has maximum strength menthol with a rush of Vicks Vapors. Ooh, I can already feel it. I told you. So, you ready? I'm ready. Vaporize sore throat pain fast with Vicks VapoCool Drops. Reggie was a nurse for 16 years. I had become very burnt out. I wasn't making good money. Then it happened. There was an ad for My Computer Career, and it just spoke to me. My Computer Career was the best decision he ever made. I could study anywhere from my laptop, and I was working in the first couple weeks of me being in class. Reggie hit a home run. The field is teeming with jobs. Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. The school is amazing. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. This is one student's experience. Individual results vary. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. It's a good time of year. I mean, I don't like this time of year. I always had, I didn't like going back to school, and so I still have that feeling at 47 that I still have to go back to school. But, uh, you know, baseball playoffs are starting to heat up. College football, professional football, all that stuff has started. So, uh, and there have been some good football games, both both pro and uh, college football games. Uh, and I suspect there will be more of those to come. The transfer portal has changed the college football landscape. Uh, it, it's interesting. It seems to me maybe it's made some more parity. I know Prime in uh, Boulder has has created some more parity uh, with his with his recruiting antics. Uh, Oregon but. State uh, away, or they play at home to UC Davis later today. Yeah, Oregon State plays UC Davis. That's going to be yeah. a conference game soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep going down that road. I, I can't resist. I can't help myself. Uh, this is from Buffett again. Beware the invest. Beware the investment activity that produces applause. The great moves are usually greeted with yawns. And so, uh, you know, all of this, what seems to be a no-brainer's investments, a lot of time, 
uh, and are plotted by people are usually not good ones. The boring ones are usually the ones that uh, tend to pencil out. And the U.S. bond market has now been in a drawdown for over three years, by far the longest bond bear market in history. Uh, so the bond market, uh, and this is um, the aggregate bond index. So think of the S&P 500 of the bond world. Uh, the aggregate bond uh, index hit a peak in August of 2020 and has now been trading lower for 30 seven consecutive months. It's now down 17.2%. And when you think about the yield that existed, that's taken away years worth of returns if you own the aggregate bond index. It's very hard to make that back up. And that's like when we talked about earlier, why in the heck the bond, the aggregate bond index is essentially an intermediate term um, index. It, it, I think its average duration is like seven and a half to 10 years. And so that's considered intermediate. Why in the heck are you allocators putting money in this? You, all of you out there listening have these advisors that are putting your money, your hard earned money into something uh, that is just a loser bet. And it's because they're lazy or they don't know what they're doing. Both of those are bad reasons to have a financial advisor, either they're them being lazy or they don't know what they're doing. You could, you could lose that money yourself very easily. Why are you letting some other doofus do it for very you? Very much so. <laughs> All right. And then before we talk about commodities, another asset class that we don't like. Uh, this is from Peter Malouk. Uh, there are 378,000 401k accounts at Fidelity. So Fidelity is the biggest 401k provider in the world. They have the most 401k assets of any asset manager in the world. And so there are 378,000 accounts of Fidelity with a balance of a million dollars or more. Uh, and what stands out among these 401k millionaires at Fidelity is their extremely high savings rate. On average, this group uh, saves 17.2% of their pay. And so they can see that, obviously, because this is payroll deduction. Um, and so th this is a group that obviously is good savers. And most of these people probably aren't making a tremendous amount of money. What they are very good at is saving money. And the good thing about the 401k plan is you've probably all heard the pay yourself first term. The 401k is the epitome of paying yourself first because it's a payroll deduction. So um, when you get paid, the first thing, well, the first thing that probably comes out is taxes. But the next thing uh, is your 401k. So you can't get your hands on it. Um, every time somebody says, oh, I'm going to save when I have money at the end of the month after my budget, never happens. The 401k works because you can just uh, set a percentage and it comes out automatically. And when I was in corporate America, here's what I did. I just set a percentage, let's say 12%. And then I'd increase the percentage every single month until I started to feel the pain financially. And that's what I would recommend because you get used to living with that money. Uh, if you take the money and you say, I'm going to save it, guess what happens? You spend it on nonsense. Josh goes to Tokyo Starfish. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, let's talk about an asset class that people love to talk about when we have inflationary periods, and that is commodities. And so uh, when you look at the commodity complex, obviously commodities account for lots of things like gold, oil, uh, different um, you know, coffee, all the soybeans, all these different commodities that exist out there. Um, and so there's an index that tracks it. It's the G, uh, GSCI, I think, right? Yep. Is, is the index that tracks the, the yeah, GSCI index. It tracks commodities. And so there are periods, inflationary periods historically that, um, you know, when, when inflation was high, the commodity index did relatively well compared to other asset classes. Um, but that seems to have broken down. And so the hard part for us is that when you look at investing in commodities, you're, you're not, you, you know, in some of these commodities, especially, there's no way to value them. So if I invest in a stock, like if I buy Costco, I can look at you know, Costco's cash flow, their debt, all their balance sheet. I can look at where their dividend is. I can look at where the stock is relative to interest rates. And I can come up with a pretty good estimation of what I think uh, Costco's worth. But if I look at gold, how am I going to figure out what gold is worth when there's no cash flow, no dividend, no debt, none of that stuff exists? I just have to figure out what somebody else is going to pay for it. And so, the, I mean, Josh, can you go through sort of the data of why we just really don't think when you look at the data, uh, commodities as an asset class, 
should be a an allocation decision that you're putting in your portfolio because when we look at we do our free retirement portfolio reviews and we look at asset allocations we see most of the financial advisors out there have an allocation to commodities and we don't understand and, it i mean i think that's in large part been also facilitated by the fund management industry which has made exchange traded funds and mutual funds that you know are diversified across different commodity baskets and investing in commodity indexes, uh, you know, they're pretty prevalent now. There's a bunch of different ways to play it out there. They all have relatively high expense ratios, ranging from two-thirds of a percent to a full percent, uh, because it's, of course, difficult to get physical exposure in a fund form. But, uh, you know, when you look at the data uh, over 30 years, you know, ending in 2021, a buy and hold strategy in commodities has underperformed the S&P 500 by 10% per year, per year, and the classic 60-40 portfolio by 9%. And the craziest part about it actually is the extent of the drawdowns. Uh, if you were just investing in oil, your max drawdown was over 96%. If you were invested in a so-called diversified basket of commodities, uh, the GSCI or the Bloomberg Barclays. First of all, the max drawdown over that period was over 100% because it went negative. Briefly, yeah, yeah, for a day. I think an intraday, maybe, you know, but uh, the, the diversified commodity basket suffered a nearly 90% drawdown, you know, and we should also note, you know, there's a 57% drawdown in the S&P back in 2008, but uh, the 60-40 was down about 32%. So you got three times the drawdown and none of the return. And, you know, commodities for fund managers, it can be a trade, but as far as like a durable allocation in your portfolio, it's just a, it's a fee suck and it's a performance suck over the long run because it, you know, the uncorrelated argument doesn't really work very well Before, over the long run. But also importantly, it adds volatility. So if you're trying to f put a diversifier in there, you don't want a diversifier that Matt. So if you put a diversifier in your portfolio, if it's adding a lot of volatility, it has to add a lot of return. And that's not what we're seeing with commodities. It's not adding a bunch of extra return for that extra volatility. So, you know, if you're going to make the trade off to add something that's going to be more volatile, where it potentially could go to 90, 90%, it has to have a prospective return that is going to be materially higher. And that's not, that doesn't exist. So I, I would just ask your advisor, why are we allocating money to commodities? And if their answer is inflation, maybe get a new financial advisor. All right. Uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the markets. So if you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. And when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the, the nuances of the Secure 2.0 Act uh, for funding kids' and grandkids' retirement. So stick around for that. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy.